and welcome back guys to another episode of It's a Silly Silly World podcast with me Utkarsh Saraswat and today we got a very special guest we have Natali I might have butchered that pronunciation a little bit but yeah Nat how are you I'm good thank you yeah that was fine pronunciation um really lovely to be on the podcast thank you for having me Yeah thanks for getting on honestly so as we know we scheduled it earlier and you had a couple of problems so first of all i want to check are you all right yeah all good thank you all good i hope you can you can hear me clearly and everything's fine yeah yeah i can hear you fine brilliant so um for the people obviously because a idiot i am i did not give a proper introduction so natalie is an author she has her own podcast as well and she has a book coming out really soon which which is one of the biggest things that i wanted to talk about today so now before i go into random weird tangents let's actually talk about the book first so first of all can you give us a basic premise of what the book is all about because i find it really interesting Okay, great. Well, that's a good start. Um so the book is called I'm happy when everyone else is happy and other lies I told myself. And what happened is so like you said I'm a coach and I've, I've got a podcast and I started writing down my experiences I've been through as going through some healing and through some different things through my life and I started writing it down because that's always been a process for me in terms of understanding um understanding what's going on with me and and you know how I'm trying to move through those emotions so I've been I was writing things down and this book took 3 years really to get into into a book format and to get it all on the page and what happened was I started talking like and writing about my experiences and then as I was coaching other women and I coached teenagers as well what I kind of realized is that the themes I was writing about the themes that everyone was going through that I was coaching women with or I was seeing or I was reading about and so really it became a list of 15 lies that we tell ourselves that we hold ourselves back with that we tell ourselves we can't do these things because of this of this of these 15 lies and why is called I'm happy when everyone else is happy is because I started therapy many years ago and mm. they said to me so what makes you happy and i said oh when everyone else is happy and i thought wow you're in trouble because i had no idea <laughs> what made me happy i had no idea that i was almost allowed to put my needs before other people that's that's kind of the the level i got to i suppose in terms of i always say i'm like a reformed people pleaser or yesaholic you know i i always felt like so so indebted to say yes for everything so that is what the book is really it's like a shortcut almost like i would like to think it as if someone reads it maybe it's a shortcut version of the 9 years that i've been on this journey and um if they can resonate with maybe a few of the 15 lies um and are able to kind of just think about how they can overcome those things was part memoir about my genie but also there's coaching tips in there there's um books i've read that i've got inspiration from i love quotes so there's quotes in there as well it's a little bit of um i think there's someone telling for everyone in there well um sounds lovely really but as you said there you are a bit of a people pleaser and that's what that's basically the 
very root of this book like how are we not living for ourselves in a certain way and honestly like personally i have also had quite a lot of trouble with that because more often than not i'm finding myself in situations where i'm saying yes to things that i probably wouldn't because i might not be interested in them but because the i've kind of grown to be so close to the other person or at least i think in my head that i'm so close to the other person that i'm kind of obliged to do what the other person wants and so yeah the title itself like i am happy when others are happy is kind of hits on that like are we really because i mean i know i have had times i mean there was this one incident where um, one of my really close friends um was starting one of her own insta pages and she was like utkarsh i need some advice on the menu and st- like on the logo and stuff yeah and and i was like sure and mind you like at this moment when she asked me this or when she told me this i was in the middle of uh, starting up my own podcast i was designing logos for that i was also like doing hundreds of assignments that my college has assigned so basically i was i was really having a lot on my plate already like i wasn't really free per se but you know like we have been growing in an environment where it's like it's kind of that narrative of um well if you are friends then uh you should be there to help and honestly like i kind of get that like when i say i don't have many friends per se so when i say like i'm yeah i'm close friends with someone i make sure that i do that but sometimes the line gets blurred and like in this particular instance i ended up drawing like i ended up taking all the things that she wanted with her logo i tried to make a logo from like i'm not even that good at photoshop or illustrations but i tried what i could do and gave her a basic logo and she did not like it <laughs> and i mean i i can see now hindsight 2020 i can i can see why she, she did not like it but and she finally like a couple of days later she comes up to me and she's like uh, well i made this logo that i'm going with and personally i felt like damn this is this is such a simpler logo than what i was doing this is absolutely not what she told me that she wanted and in my head then i kind of grew into that thing of well i i did so much that i wasn't supposed to do i probably could have done my things more efficiently if i didn't choose to do this yeah and in in the end did it even matter like if i even i mean if you could actually consider yourself a close friend then surely i could have just gone well uh, see i'm a little bit busy so maybe i can help you with deciding whether it's good or not but i don't have that particular amount of time to help you in great detail and honestly it would have been fine it's interesting isn't it and it's interesting how we we put ourselves under that pressure so looking back at that example you can in hindsight see where actually where your boundaries were blurred and i think we find boundaries very very difficult like we find saying no very difficult because we've been conditioned by whether it's our family or society or the media to think that we should inverted commas do these things this is what a good person does this is what a good friend does yeah 
But actually, being a good friend goes two ways, doesn't it? So the friend who was asking you about the logo, mm-hmm. if she really knew what was going on in your life, maybe the, the conversation would have been totally different. And I think yeah. it comes from a place where deep down, we feel like if we don't do these things for other people, then it's got such, it's, it's on us. So it's not really about them. What it is, it's about us. And as humans, we all have an innate fear, a deep fear underneath it all that we are not good enough. So when we get to do things to show up for other people and we say no, or we put a boundary in place, it really triggers our version of we're not good enough. And that can look like different things for different people. But Mm. in the people pleasers version, Mm. we think that if we say yes, then we we can just continue to be lovely. We continue to be the person who's there for everybody else until we are not there for ourselves. And we forget who we are and we forget what's important to us and also, it could be like, well, I haven't got all these assignments in because I've been so busy doing this person's logo. She doesn't even like it. And I think it's remembering, actually, what is mm. important to us. Yes, our friendship's really important to us, but it goes. it's more than that. It's deeper than that. It's by asking ourselves, if I didn't do this, what would be triggered in me? And I think it's just having that awareness of that is really, it can be really powerful. Yeah, and I mean coming back to the thing of um, having this notion of not being able to say no, it's almost because in our minds we think no is just a rude thing to say, which is not. Like, that's the kind of mental conditioning that we have had that we think saying no to something is wrong. And like, in this example that we are discussing, not only would have it not been rude to for, uh, say no to, their, no to that, what it does is it's not even helping your friendship either because what happens is now that she doesn't like all the effort that you put in that you weren't supposed to. Yeah, exactly. It it grows more toxic than it probably should have been in the first place. So it's not even like you said yes and it furthered your bond or anything, but it's almost detrimental to what you were trying to achieve in the first place. Exactly. And we feel like we must do whatever we must do at all costs but we've got to remember what it actually costs us. Is it our peace of mind? Is it that we start to feel so resentful we don't even want to spend time with that person anymore? Is it that we feel really bad about ourselves that we didn't get the logo to what we want it to be and then we beat ourselves up about it? It's it's very easy to snowball these yeses and then we start to feel, you know, maybe the anxiety set in or we start to feel like, oh, I'm you know, not good enough because I'm not doing this for my friends and, oh, God, I haven't even checked on those to see if they're all right. But when do we check on ourselves? I think we think it's, you know, it's really selfish to ask what we need. And I think it's exactly the opposite. If we can be comfortable knowing what we need and actually meeting those needs ourselves, we're able to meet other people's needs much better. And in that example that we were talking about, you would be able to say, um, I'd really like to help you with that. I can, but I'd have to put all these assignments in um, so I can help you, but it'll be like in three weeks' time. So it's reframing the no because we find no so difficult 
that is finding a different way to set out boundaries. It's not saying a no completely. It's doing it on your terms. So yeah, I can help you and I'd really like to help you, but it'll be when I can for however long I can. And I think that that is the the small changes that we can make that will make a difference. Yeah, I mean, once again, uh, coming back to the mental conditioning and all of that, I mean, I'm kind of repeating myself over and over, but whenever I discuss these things, I, all these things keep popping into my head. Like, there's this cliche that if almost everybody has posted on Instagram or Twitter once, and that's like, um, think about yourself or like self-love and all of that stuff. And this is exactly that. And the old cliche of uh, do not have expectations because you will be disappointed. It's just because of this. Yeah. In a sense, because you are doing so much for the other person, not thinking about where the boundary should actually be. And that causes you to have expectations. Yeah. And I think social media breeds those expectations. Um, And it comes back to the what a good person should be or what a good friend is or whatever. We see these things on social media and people post these wonderful, like gushing posts about, oh, this so-and-so helped me so much. And they did this and la, 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 la. And we think, oh, wow, maybe, you know, I need to up my game then if there are other friends doing those things. And it just breeds this comparison where we, again, go back to it just makes us feel not good enough about ourselves. And we feel like the only way we can get to the point where we do feel comfortable is to do whatever it is they want you know and yeah. it's, a, yeah. it's a form of control in you know in it's in its deepest sense and sometimes people don't realize they're doing it and if we can move away and because we all know there's this rose tinted glasses version of reality on social media we all know that when they post we post something or other people post something there's a there's an element of reality but only an element there's a lot of it is not true yes Hmm. we take it out our brains receive it as true our conditioning gets triggered by it exactly the same as if it was true so i think that is the difficulty the social media reinforces this idea of the yes that we must do this and we must fulfill these needs and we must live up to these expectations and show ourselves in the best light we must have these things and we must be successful but it's all built on a like a measuring stick that's not real like we measure ourselves on these this social media yeah. standard and it's not it's not true we need like we need a new measuring stick you know when there's just ours yeah. it's yeah. built on how we feel and how we want to be and just it's just felt on how we are it's, it's, it's felt on love essentially hmm yeah i mean um what do you ex- describe there i was actually listening to this podcast uh, featuring one of the one of my favorite artists and he talked about how everything in life because of the kind of environment that we live in has become like we do things out of fomo oh yeah we we are literally committing ourselves to friendships to relationships and to all these other things just because of fomo that we see on instagram like i i can get on youtube and somehow one of the recommended videos would be about a cute dog then I open my Instagram and somebody has posted a picture with his or her dog. And then I'm like, why don't I get a pet myself? When in reality, it's pro- probably practically not even feasible to get up. Yeah, especially in COVID, everyone had dogs. Do you know what I mean? Everyone yeah, had yeah, a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> well, initial days of uh, lockdown, when everybody was at their homes and they were making up uh, some really delicious food, by the way. But it's like, the thing is, one person only made one dish in like a week 
but because you are connected to 300 people so now every day there is at least 3 people in those 300 that are making a particular good dish now you go on instagram and you see those 3 people and you feel like everybody is making good dishes why am i not yeah and, and if we can understand why our brain feels conditioned can't we we can understand yeah. why we feel the pressure and the fear um because it is that it goes back to the we're not good enough we don't fit in we're not worthy it goes back to that if we don't do any of these things who are we we won't be a, a, you know allowed in the pack that is our friends or human nature it, unfortunately it is kind of it is our innate nature that we feel like we've got to be part of the bigger picture and that mm. goes back to kind of when you know from basic civilization but now our basic civilization is based on a digital lives and our digital lives do not represent our actual physical lives they're very yeah. very separate but we're trying to get them to match and what we do to get them to match is we compare and we basically post things that are not real yeah 100% i mean um on that thing of like we need to be involved i actually wrote this piece that i was going to use in some writing or something and this like this was a very random thought when i was just sitting down but if you think about it it's like everybody just assumes that they are the main piece of a story like in in all our heads we are the main character of a movie that is life but here but the thing is like of this big puzzle that we are talking about we might not actually be the centerpiece we might actually be just a corner piece that is going to link up to three other pieces and they will li- eventually link up to the centerpiece and but because everybody has their own perspective of this like for me yeah i might be a corner piece but because in my perspective i am the person linking up these three pe- three other people so it's basically just a giant puzzle in which every piece has its own perspective its own story and because of that because of their own perspective they have their own egos that they need to satisfy which ultimately leads to having expectations and almost when like when you don't get to a certain targets certain pseudo targets that you put for yourself uh, you almost feel like you haven't achieved as much as you probably should have and at that point there's only two ways you either feel like the universe has wronged you because you did not achieve what you were supposed to or that you have just failed and both of those kind of lead to a downward spiral in their own ways yeah and i think um, we should we should be the main story of our lives you know i always say like we are stories waiting to be told you know the our lives are a big tapestry if we think of it like that okay our stories are what are the picture that's woven in that tapestry but hmm. we should be the main characters in our lives because we're the only ones who see things the way we do so i always say yeah. in the phrases that there's eight like billion people in this world and there's one of you there's one of me okay that makes us pretty special so who are we to think that we're only a corner piece we are a masterpiece tapestry okay we yeah. haven't got to be einstein or steve jobs or anybody to make an impact we can make an impact by smiling at someone and changing their life you know we uh, we don't necessarily see how important 
we are and I truly believe that we're all here um for a reason and I think we have to start to believe that we are that main character and we have got the power and the strength to be able to deliver our story any way which we decide to so yeah you know the tapestry has ins and outs and it goes up and down but our life is our own story and we've got the power to create the narrative of that yeah definitely i mean um i almost have a feeling from time to time that social media has uh, shed light on so many um large things like so many bigger contributions to these friendships that it has almost missed out like people are starting to miss out on really small things that actually matter a lot like for example um, one of the other days when i was out pre covid uh, one of my friends just came up to me and he was like dude did you change your deodorant you you smell really nice and see normally you wouldn't think that that could have any impact but then you get the person that you compliment actually gets the tiny ounce of confidence he's like yes i smell nice i mean that's a positive uh the other day someone complimented my sister's shoes and she was like oh damn uh, i'm not, i'm going to wear these shoes a lot more and it's those small things it sets us up and there's a there's a beautiful poem um and it's called ripples and mm. i've got it here on my phone let me pick it up for you now it says ripples um when you create a difference in someone's life you not only impact their life you impact everyone influenced by them throughout their entire lifetime no act mm. is ever too small one by one this is how to make an ocean rise and i love that because we never consider if you feel good about yourself because of that compliment you might have a better lecture um and actually do really well on exam then you might actually spread that to someone else or you might think oh, do you know what i'm going to buy someone's coffee for them today or whatever and that one compliment or that one smile has impacted maybe 10 or 12 people in one day and then they've impacted someone else's life in a positive way and i think hmm. um i think that's a really important fact to remember and i hope your sister does wear those shoes i think that's a good thing to do <laughs> i mean uh, um they're kind of down the drain right now so let's not talk about it any further but yeah i mean yeah we are kind of missing the essence of really small things i mean let's be real um it's almost become a thing that we are trying to do a lot of big things like i'm trying to make some big commitments to someone just so that they can know that yeah i mean i'm in this instead of maybe having a conversation i mean a conversation changes a lot and that's the biggest reason that we have podcasts and stuff i mean what is this if just not for a random conversation and that is interesting but i think podcasts are raw so the reason i love podcasts is because i also love youtube but the why, the reason i use podcasts and i listen to them so much is that when people are just talking when they're not they're not feeling seen they feel that they can be more vulnerable they can open up they can be more raw they can they can use their words like i said to to change that narrative like i talked about in the last section they can be more free about who they want to express themselves as and that is why i love podcasts i love the i love how people will listen because people 
listen for two reasons. They either listen to understand or they listen to respond. So it depends what conversation you're having because sometimes people are listening really to get a deep understanding and meaningful understanding of you and of your concepts and of your points and how you respond in the world. Then people often listen to respond so they're listening just to say right well you've said this so i'm going to say that like the counter argument so i think it's really interesting to think about why are you listening what are you listening for because um being a good listener is a skill it's a very interesting skill and i think we all are so highly connected is another reason I love podcast and podcasting. And if we can just take one little snippet or a word or something that just takes our curiosity somewhere, then that for me is reason enough to listen to anything because it, it just makes us grow. It makes us, um, it just makes us bigger. You know, we we're changing and growing, and it, it helps us move forward in a in an expansive way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's always one thing in any conversation that might strike a completely different thought in your mind and that's all a conversation is about i mean i started this podcast uh, when I, i mean when i was starting this podcast i had a couple of friends like advise me that you know pick a niche because that will allow you to grow faster and stuff and i was like i get that i can grow maybe twice or thrice as fast if i pick a niche maybe just a small hobby that a lot of people like or something like that but i wanted to do i wanted to do this that i have right now i just want to come here and talk whatever i have on my mind and not a lot of people are going to get to it i mean not a lot of people will search it even because what what are they even looking for in this podcast we we talk about anything and everything but that's what this is about this is about capturing the essence of that particular conversation that you might have with any random person that you can take something from mm. yeah definitely i mean yeah like for example this conversation that we are having right now i met you on a random website and what like what is it why would i actually really even want to talk to you we have our two different worlds and i'm not ever going to meet you in re- real life if not for like a conversation and why do i have that conversation because i know if i i talk to this person about something that we have in common right now it could lead to a conversation where i can learn a lot about myself just from talking to you talk about yourself Yeah and I think we all see our that's why I love books because we can see ourselves mm. our issues our problems our lives through someone else's eyes through a character or through whoever's like the author of the book we can get a real grip of of who we are or who we want to be or the direction we want to take our lives or the conversations we want to have or the energy we want to bring through someone else's words and that mm. the magic of books but also the magic of podcasts and the magic of conversations with people because we are all human and we're all living a human experience and we're all sharing that experience wherever we live and wherever we consider ourselves to be or recognize ourselves as that's powerful and mm. i would never 
want anyone to forget that because we are all interlinked and if we we continue to enhance that interlinkedness we can only benefit each other in more ways than we would even imagine like we just talked about the impact Hmm. so um yeah coming back to the book we kind of went on a huge uh, rant rantish um, but coming back to the book so like how has the whole process been because as you said like it's been three years in the making so that's longer than a usual book yeah um, so like what was the whole process be- process like because when i'm thinking about this now um i feel like there will be points where you would think contrary to what you have been writing previously and you would have like those thoughts of well um what if what i wrote is true then this might be a possibility and all of that stuff so what what the whole process was like the process was interesting for me it was quite um therapeutic uh, writing everything down i it was really interesting the creative process for me is always quite interesting i need a, i need space to be creative so i need to go for a walk i need to be in nature i need to get in the in a place where i can almost download creativity and get ideas Mm. but really it's just, it was it has been hard work i'm not going to i'm not going to say it isn't it's been hard work but it's something that i'm very passionate about and something that i truly believe that if we can conquer these like 15 lives that we can live better lives and uh, for me it's like i can say started off and i've got children i've got you know doing lots of other things and jobs and podcasts and coaching and stuff so it's been something i've just been chipping away at for a long time and really covid um was really good for me it gave me a lot of extra time to 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 write my book and I, um i've always loved writing and it's, it was it's been a real my creativity kind of saved my well-being i suppose during the, during lockdown and during those difficult difficult times and uh, mm. i know we've all suffered in in some ways during covid whether you know whatever that looks like for every individual so for me the process of the book has been re understanding my creativity i think to to put it into a snapshot hmm um actually let's um so far we haven't talked about this like what was the whole lockdown like for you i mean like you said once again going back to the point of like this book has been 3 years in the making uh we have been in lockdown for the last year and a half almost two now so like how did that affect the whole writing process as well as your mindset i mean what was the lockdown like for you it was so i'm a single parent so i've got three children so that was interesting so i'm mm. <laughs> i was um in lockdown with me and three teenagers so it was for me i think it forced me like a lot of people to be still and it forced mm. me to consider what was really important and what i really wanted to pay attention to what i wanted to give intention to and also what i wanted to continue and what i wanted to move away from and for me writing it just reminded me of what what is has always been it's like a, a line that i self sometimes it's not like finding ourselves it's remembering ourselves and i think for me that's what lockdown has been about in general remembering who we are and remembering what is important in our lives and for me it's been writing hmm 
I mean, it helps when you like writing and you have been you have a project that's going on because personally, like I like writing as well, uh, and I feel like I have a lot of trouble starting something up, and more of the time, like if if I once like I write poems, so if I am past that first couple of lines, I know my You're way. Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. So, I I feel like that's that was a good thing for you in the case like you have something going on to dedicate your definitely. Um, um, yeah. So um, by the way, <laughs> when this lockdown happened, did you try new things? Like I I see a lot of people try a new things, and we have had guests um on this podcast as well. Like some people took drastic career changes. and made some really big decisions some people tried their hobbies that they have been thinking about for a while so did you try your hand at that um i don't i don't know that i did i think i just did a lot more of i just did a lot more of the hobbies that i did so i'm into like meditation and yoga and um like i say writing and reading and podcasts and i just it allowed me to spend more time doing the things i already enjoyed um mm. and already loved it allowed me to spend more time with um, my my children and you know help them really spend some quality time and it was interesting because especially as they're teenagers now um mm. you know obviously they're getting more and more independent and doing those things and it made me realize that I'll never have that amount of like isolated time with my children ever again you know it's very unlikely that I will spend as much one-to-one time with them ever again in their lives, um, and that was really insightful to think. Actually, can we use this, or can I use this as an opportunity rather than a real difficult situation? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think um, I I too had that kind of a realization late last year. I mean, I was talking with my mom, and I kind of came to the realization that. I haven't been home for this long in the last five six years. Yeah, I mean, this is the most time I have spent with my family because I have been in hostels and all of that stuff. I've been away for college for the last six seven years now, and even like once normalcy is retained, I will be away for jobs and stuff. Yeah, so I won't probably be at home with my family doing. almost close to nothing for this long of a period yeah which which is both like very weird as well as something really heartwarming if you can make the most out of it exactly so but like when you spend that much time with someone obviously you are going to have conflicts and so and you are going to have like breakdowns because of not being able to do a lot of things so Did you have any of those moments and like how did you cope? I think mine was realizing that I have to to one of the lies in my book is around parenting. So it's like to be a parent you've got to be a martyr. So you've got to like say, you know, all these things I do for you and that type of thing and go back to the resentful and the boundaries about, you know, you're putting everyone else before yourself and I really had to let go of the realization that um I'm in control of these children because really I'm not. My job as a parent is to allow them 
and like allow them a path where they can be who they want to be not who I think they should be and for me it was a process of seeing my kids for themselves you know and not seeing them for who I could change or mold or if they just do that a bit more that then that'll be good for them or whatever it was for me it was letting that slide and just seeing them for their own personalities for their own characters so yeah I really had to surrender that I suppose is the best word I had to kind of let loose of the expectations of what my motherhood journey should be and what I should how I should parent and how they should be and and just let us be hmm. um, one quick question out of just personal interest so if you see your child say make a decision that is not probably the best deci- decision he or she could have made and or sometimes just it's just flat out wrong like what how do you go through the process of like how do you process that how do i process that i think my question is what are they going to learn from this cuz life like i said is a tapestry <laughs> so i am there my i believe my role as a mum is to be a mentor and obviously to lay down boundaries but to have those conversations about why are you making this decision what and to let them understand decision making processes and the responsibilities and how our lives work so we also all make mistakes and you know i always say life's a bit like white water rafting you know some days it's really plain sailing and it's beautiful and then in a blink of an eye you could go down a rapid and you could fall off stream you know we all make mistakes life is about how resilient we are meaning how quick we can get back in the boat and start off on our journey again and if my kids do make the wrong decisions i want them to be able to have a conversation with me and be able to say look mum i've done this knowing that that maybe wasn't the best thing to do and then feeling comfortable enough that we can have an, an a conversation to explore what happens next what that looks like what do they want but for them it's really important for me that they're their own people because but I don't want them to be as carbon copies of anyone else um and if that means they make mistakes but they learn from them that is the biggest part of the puzzle for me fair enough so um i think this part has been a lot more serious yeah. than <laughs> a usual one so uh on the lighter side of things um what like what are your hobbies apart from like riding and stuff so i love walking i like um pilates yoga i like just being out in nature really i also love face masks that's very, that's not at all um a hobby face masks <laughs> But I yeah. yeah, I really enjoy I love a good book. I love reading. I like spending time with my family. But most of all, I find it really difficult not to be out in nature. So I've got a kind of especially the sea. For me the sea's got like a special um a special place. I think I just feel calm when I'm by the sea. So I always like to try and travel to the sea as much as I can. Hmm. So um I had this quick fire question down and I guess I know the answer but just to clear up Uh, are you a mountain person or a beach person oh beach person see i i i don't know i i have a love hate relationship with beaches because 
I'll in my head it's like yeah that's a fun time I'll go there I'll swim about and whatever whatever but the aftermath of it just sand all in my clothes and having having to take 10 showers just to get the uh, sand off yeah anyways um apart from that shit uh what are your favorite foods like yeah on a daily basis like i'm not talking something extravagant because let's be honest we don't have that as often <laughs> like what's your go to favorite go to meals my go to meals i'm very plant based so i love like stuffed peppers i really enjoy um weirdly i really enjoy spinach and green vegetables yeah so me is um anything that's got this plant based but this re- really tasty i like spice so um yeah anything that's like that is my go to are you a vegan yeah yeah okay makes sense <laughs> yeah um i don't know you know like this is going to sound kind of awful but i feel like every time i'm um talk to someone who is into riding reading and all of this stuff it's almost like their hobbies kind of represent what we have been conditioned to think um as an ideal person like meditation yoga walking um and things like that just being a very common feature i think yeah, what yeah, it usually course. is is that people who are into those things Mm. have had times in their lives when they've had to try and find something that helps them. Mm. And I found and I know a lot of other people have found that meditation and nature is the key to relieving anxiety and negative thoughts and bringing ourselves back to our center. So usually the people who have found those things that that they really enjoy and they do that is because they've had they've gone through some type of process to understand what works for them, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean see uh, I personally struggled with that thought quite a bit because for me it was kind of really opposite like I love writing but one of the biggest reasons I found writing or like found my love for writing was because of the fact I was looking for something to calm myself down because like obviously I come from a family of people who are big time yoga supporters and stuff like um i mean i'm from a brahmin background and in our religion itself uh things like meditation hold a really high value but i like and obviously as a kid i was trained to think yeah. like meditation is a big thing like you should do that to get more focused and all of that stuff but i have always found like whenever i used to sit down to do to try yoga or meditation my mind is just always in all these different places that it shouldn't be in on in that particular moment i'm thinking about what i'm going to do next what i'm going to eat next and all of that stuff but what happened was when like in some of my worst moments instead of like so when a lot of writers when i talk to them they find things like meditation and yoga because they need to find that positive place for me that was writing like nice i have had a weird relationship with writing in the fact that 
when i am at my happiest i have written the least it's always kind of vent of frustration or anger or anything yeah you've got something to write about you can you've got something you've got fire in your belly essentially you've yeah. got something that you want to you want to communicate and you've got you feel that passion and i think it hasn't got to be meditation it hasn't got to be nature's got whatever brings you flow so you know mm. that feeling when an hour could go by and you didn't even know whatever mm-hmm. that thing is for you that is a meditative process that could be writing that could be walking that could be anything it could be cooking yeah. for some people it could be listening to a podcast it could be absolutely it could be somebody doing their hair it hasn't got to be the you know how we envisage this process to be it hasn't got to be how we envisage meditation or you know what we believe would bring us this center and no uh, or make us feel good we are also individual that yeah. what i call our happiness prescription is um so individual we got to find out what our prescription is you know and a lot of the time it's not what we think it's going to be um mm. and like you said for you it wasn't that and i think it's great if it's part of being human is finding out what that is for you and for me hmm yeah i mean it's kind of like different diseases different treatments exactly um, exactly yeah so uh, well uh, as we are coming to the end of this episode can you give us in like short five points things that we can take away from this book because i mean we have kind of already talked about a lot that we can take away from this book but if you can summarize all the other lies that we didn't go through and that people might have to read in the book itself yeah i'll go through a few no problems so i think the main one is obviously i'm happy when everyone else is happy that's one of them another one is believing that we need to oh, oh wait 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 net 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 i don't want you to go through the um lies that you have mentioned because i think it would be good for the readers to check out the book itself if you want to know the rest of it but i want to you to give us like what are the things that we can take away after we have read all uh, about these lies for me it's knowing that the power we have is in being ourselves so whether that is a sensitive person or someone that feels all their emotions or someone who's just trying to find their path our power comes from knowing who we are and that is usually clearing away all the things the social media tells us we need clearing away mm. all those things getting rid of being busy because busy is just a massive distraction getting rid of the saying yes getting rid of thinking that we are not enough get rid of the thinking that we need to be fixed or we need someone to do all those things for us and just get get just getting to being you but it comes mm. with a massive dose of acceptance because when we start to realize that we are who we are and we can't change that i think that's that's the key to our power yeah yeah that's that's really interesting um and like on an ending note i do want to say like i know we kind of went through the negatives of social media on this episode a lot but obviously there's there's a lot of positives to it as well like you can get 
in touch with a lot of great minds through social media as well so it's not all negative but obviously like for, not at all yeah but just for the purpose of the things that we were discussing all those things had to be taken into context yeah and it does because you know you can, it can connect you with so many people it also it also can push you you know social media can drive you because if you you know comparison works in two ways okay so we can have the negative effect and we can you know see that point but also it can make you think well if they can do it so can i and drive you forward so i think yeah in the context of the lies um social media is maybe a negative impact but in general it you know anything has got a, that counter argument but especially social media and the, the time they'll be living is connected with so many amazing people and just you know the technology of this to be able to do a podcast or to meet people who you know you wouldn't normally you wouldn't even normally consider to come into contact with i think you know we are very lucky in the kind of the digital age that, that we are in hmm. yeah i mean for the longest time like as we said earlier like now you can see everybody making a good dish in their own household in like 100 100 years ago i would make a great dish and it would stay to myself or the couple of people that are my neighbors definitely yeah so uh that was a nice chat thanks for coming on thank you for having me it's been my pleasure yeah and can you tell us if there's a definite release date for the book yet Yeah so the book is going to be released on the 12th of June and it'll be available on Amazon so you'll be able to get it on there um and it's you know available worldwide and it's called I'm happy when everyone else is happy and other lies I told myself um the author is obviously me and my name is Natalie Walker Brimble yep and yeah I'll leave the links to all her socials as well as other places you can find out uh by the way where can people find you i just remembered that i hadn't discussed that yet oh so i've got a website um which is natalie walker brimble uh which uh, yeah nwb coaching which i can send you all the details for um, and also i'm on instagram natalie walker brimble uh facebook all the usual kind of places really um you can find me on and all my details are are all on there yeah and do give actually do check out her podcast itself uh it's not really long form but there's some really good concepts there's some good ideas that you can get just from those short episodes i mean they were they are really good oh thank you yeah the podcast is called so that got me thinking it's usually the things that yeah. i've thought about that week and i usually have a guest on as Oh, maybe overcome something or it's got a particular perspective that's really interesting it's got a topic of choice that's really interesting and just again is the why I love these things is because it can change your perspective it helps us grow which is what yeah. we're all on here to do aren't we yep so yeah check out all the links in the show notes descriptions whatever you want to call it and yep for uh, a quick note uh, for all the people on the eastern coast of india i hope now that the cyclone just has passed i hope you're all well i hope there's no major losses and yeah uh, as we always say take all the covid appropriate measures and stay safe peace